Welcome, welcome. And how is it going today? My goodness, the weather out there is absolutely dreadful. Glad you tucked in to get out of it. And of course, might as well catch some more about Ash, Athena, and Grafton while you're here. Last time, we got so into the story that you lost track of time and had to dash off right as that mysterious figure was coming to meet them. Now who could that be? There is something awfully familiar about the way he's rising out of the mud. The Keys to the Universe, a Dubious Histories podcast. Season 2, The Ring Arc. Episode 16, Rook has a lot of friends. Major way with a little bit of extra time you have. Um, out to the Greystone Estate. It is a kind of Victorian style manor. Again, as a as a waypoint, it was a large building. Uh, lots of rooms uh, there to house many of the people coming to and from and supplies and such. Uh, it is has kind of muted colors, grays, light blues, kind of off purplish color, where it, the building itself obviously does not blend in with the swampy surroundings, but the muted colors, the kind of I said, natural tones outside, a little bit of that purple that stands out, um, does blend in with the general color in the area. As you all approached, you saw a figure rising up out of the mud, and that is where we left off last. <gasps> yes, you have a question of these. I'm gasping. I'm a clarification okay. for you. Yes. Uh, does it look like they're rising out of mud, or does it look like they're rising out of shadow? It looks like they're rising out of mud. Ah! <laughs> and... By rising out of mud, what I mean is picture their heels as a pivot point, and they're kind of Frankensteining up out of the mud to vertical. So they're like keeping straight, pivoting on the heels, and then coming upright as you kind of walk past this main gate area into the actual estate grounds. Right. Um, Griffin wants to ensnare it. Okay. Um. Can I? While he's ensnaring, I would like to. One more. Okay. We should probably actually do the GM monologue before anything else. So that I no, no, this is fine. Actually, this is fine. Um. This figure is just about three feet tall, maybe a little taller. Uh. Covered in mud. So you're kind of having issues telling the exact character features of it. But the mud's kind of like slopping off. And you're probably, oh, 15 feet from, maybe 20 feet from where it's rising out as you pass through the, the gate area. All right, so you said you wanted to try to ensnare it. 
I'll let you go ahead and do whatever role you need to do. Because you're just going to run up to it, right? Yep, I'm just going to run up to it and use my like snare ability. 20 feet ahead of us? Or did I just make that up? No, that's right. Okay. Um, I mean, so go ahead and do your roll. I was going to roll awareness to see if I recognize Stand this individual. <laughs> you what? Stand by on that. Okay. So, five on the die gives me a ten. Okay. When you, Charles, sorry, Grafton, when you roll a speed check. Okay. Ash, will you roll a reflex check? Yes. Oh, that's not going to cut it. No, it's really not. I got a nat 20. Well, I got a two. So I guess we know what happens first. Um, wow, the speed yeah. character goes first. Shocker. Griffin, you rush forward. Uh, how are you trying to like run around it, run over the creature? What are you trying to do? Uh, yeah, so Griffin is going to rush straight at it. As soon as he sees it start to rise, he goes, oh no, I'm not having this guy get away again. So he's going to run straight at it and then start to just spiral climb it with a vine starting to grow at the base of the uh, creature's feet and wrapping around it. All right. As you approach, Grafton, and you start wrapping up, you hear, Oh, Mr. Oh, no! you... Recognize this mud-covered creature as the but deformed, Rook. say deformed goblinoid manservant yes. Rook. Yes. Uh, you were not quite fast enough to realize that Grafton was going out and trying to entangle this thing. Grafton will happily shout, "I've got him this time!" Uh, you said his name was Rook. Rook. R O O K. And he's a. Uh... Goblinoid creature of some kind. Um, he's like a kind of kind of a misshapen, kind of bulbous, featured goblinoid cool. thing. But and he's one of the. He essentially staff. He's essentially in charge of the house. Okay. Uh, whenever the family is not there. He's the butler. He's essentially yeah the butler yes. manservant. Essentially takes care of everything at the. Manner while people are not there, and while people are there, but when okay, yeah, cool, uh, trusted, loyal, you know, you know, him, you're comfortable with him. What's his affect? Is he like a like goofy goblin? Is he like an no. austere, like whatever? He, he has a does he take pride in his position? Somewhat dry and off-putting personality. <laughs> um, to me or in general? Pretty much everyone. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I guess Ash is going to call to Grefton and be like, Oh, Grefton, uh, this is... Oh, what? Oh, you don't need to do that. Oh, Grefton. Uh Rook, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll, we'll help. We'll get you out of that. And then he's gonna walk over and uh, try to like, 
cut through the vines? I don't know. He's just gonna, like, walk up to it and, like, kind of grab him and see what's the deal first, I think. Alright. Uh, either you just watching or you Um... I drew my sword, but I didn't charge him. So, once I heard that this was a friend, I'm gonna keep my sword out, but just look a disapproving Leia Grafton. Wait! <laughs> You know this guy? Yes, this is Rook. He helps take care of the house and uh, has been a member of the family for a long time. And as you approach and start trying to like pull the vines and everything off, and you're like, Master Greystone, so glad you could finally come home. I'm so pleased you brought your friends. My lucky day. Yes, Master Gr- uh, Master Rook, it's always good to see you. And he has a- Ash has a very hard time not laughing <laughs> while saying that. Also, I now have the image of Roz from Monsters, Inc. in my brain, <laughs> which seems amazing. Um, uh, Griff didn't really use his dagger to also sort of cut away the vines when he sees that Ash is trying to untangle this creature. As you all kind of start pulling and cutting away, he starts breaking chunks off of him and finally kind of works his way out. See, Rook, there you go. Good as new. And he kind of like brushes off a little bit. It says, so, uh, uh, is it only so very much. at the house or is anyone else here for now? No, it's just me. Just Rook. Again. Rook, I feel like we both know that you like having the house to your help yourself sometimes. I suppose. But here you are. Ah, uh, yes. The source of your eternal dismay. Well, at least it's not one of my siblings who gives you more trouble. No, they left with your parents. Any word on where they were headed? Just into town? A vacation, I believe. Ash is like, his eyes are big, and he's like, I didn't even get invited? He doesn't say that, but that's the face that he makes. Did I get invited? No. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Rook kind of turns around and starts hobbling <laughs> what? towards the front door. Is <laughs> it an awareness check on that? <laughs> um... Do awareness I, check on whether or not he got invited? No, whether or not I noticed that he made a face. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not worried about it. Really. Do I, uh, like, know where they would have gone? You're aware that your family has a couple vacation house locations that they tend to frequent? Dang. Being wealthy makes this difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Rook, follow let's say Rook kind of mumbling as he's walking inside. Always watching. <laughs> Always watching. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll, uh, well, I mean, I'll follow him into the house and just kind of, you know, ask some general, like, you know, 
anything about the house, anything leaking, how everything seems good, you know, just the general, like, what you do if you get back to a house that hasn't been. Also, I'm going to use the voice somewhat sparingly because it kind of makes my throat hurt. <laughs> it was more gravelly earlier today. Yeah. It was worth it. <clears throat> you were practicing at your dad's. <laughs> Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> you made a choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he probably just... Yeah, house is fine. You know, nothing's really changed. Yeah. And Grandpa suggested they take a short vacation. Grandpa also did not go with them, but... Can I interest giving you in some tea? Oh, yes, that'd be excellent. Thank you, Rook. Of course. Happy to serve. Always happy to serve. Kyle hobbles off to a, a side kitchen area. You hear him kind of clanging around, and a minute or two later, comes back with a, a tray of teas and sugar and offers each of you a glass and kind of points you to the general parlor singing room where. Kind of the main entrance area. Um, there's a fireplace and couches and things like that. In the... uh, Rook, I've just been uh, curious. Do you know if anybody has been down into the storage locker recently, or you know the outbuildings anywhere? People saying most of that, mostly to the house, or um, any interest in that? Only old Rook. Making sure things are clean, just in case they're needed. Don't get many visitors anymore. Yes, that's true. Well, you always do an excellent job. Thank you, Rook. I know. <laughs> well, uh, obviously this is the uh, manor. Um, and I guess, like, in the uh, walk up or whatever, and um, now that we're sitting here, I'll kind of like kind of go through the history and just say like, I think this maybe came out in one of the previous episodes, but um, just kind of the reminder of uh, this used to be that waypoint between the city and the diamond mine. It got stopped being used after it connected to the coal mine, and then it was no longer like on the path to the entrance to the mines that they used and stuff like that. Um, I think that uh, the best place would probably be the storage locker down in the basement, um, if you want to check that out, but um, it is good to be home. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense to go check it out. Right. I think it nods. Yep, I agree. So, you kind of make your way back through where Rook just came out. Kind of side kitchen area. Uh, there's a staircase back there that's always not like a main staircase, but it's for um, any of the staff previously to use to go up and down, take care of things. Uh, you go in, and then under the staircase, there are a few slats that definitely look cleaner than some of the rest of the floor. Um, definitely obviously get moved a lot more, kept clear. Ash goes over, moves a couple things around, and uh, there's a couple latches. Like, he moves the boards apart, 
there's a latch in there and kind of slides a couple things and then pulls up these boards. So got a little kind of puzzle lock, not anything super intricate, but enough that if you don't know exactly what you're doing is to at least stall someone. So he kind of slides the, into the boards, does a little lock mechanism, and then lifts up these boards. And you see a small staircase going down. Um, going down into this kind of storage cellar area, it's probably about 15 by 15 space. There is one wall of small um, like lockbox kind of things, kind of look like uh, almost uh, like a P.O. box kind of setup on one section. You so see like some when you go into a bank and there's like a yeah. safety security deposit yeah boxes. little security boxes kind of safe deposit box style thing. There's probably twenty of those, and then there's other barrels and crates, some lockers. Ash, you're aware that there's some of the the less used items down here. Some of the Spare banging and things like that. They don't really, uh, I see, don't really use that much anymore because again they don't have as much traffic and people staying at the manor. But it's kind of a general storage area. But like I say it has the lock boxes that is it's an out of the way place that unless you really know it's there, you're probably not going to just stumble across it. So. Um, ashes going to kind of like just go through the boxes and look in them because what else are you going to do? Um, and um, it's like, well, this is one of the places I was thinking of that I think could be a good spot for it. Um, obviously, work is here all the time, so there's someone around, but he's not going to tell anyone because you met him. He doesn't have any friends. Um, here and Rook doesn't need any friends. Rook, I thought you were somewhere else. And the keys are on the wall. And you say like, oh yeah, the key ring with all the keys for these lock boxes is sitting there at the end of the row. Again, they don't really use them. You kind of go through them. You're like, okay, well, parchments, random things here and there. Why do you just have a bunch of lock boxes? You don't have a bunch of lock boxes at your house. We have a vault. There's no, like, organization for small things in the vault? Of course there's organization, but why would you have just a bunch of small boxes? The keys seem, especially with the puzzle lock to get in here. I, I didn't build it, so I don't know. <laughs> Generally, the idea would be that if people were coming through and needing to store something, or they were receiving a shipment, sending a shipment I through this that location, like, hey, can you hold this while I'm doing this? They Everyone can take it to a more secure location their own. while they're gone. And then they could come back and some member of staff could come and retrieve it for them instead of keeping it in a room. So it was a, a short-term small item story. Like, oh, hey, I need to put this payment here while I go finish up my term working in the mine. Can you collect it? And I'll come back after whatever time. And all, so. so all the keys go to one box. So basically, like, you could lock something in the box, take the key take with the key, you. Correct. And then when you came back, you'd have only keep right. And that's why they're all on a key ring right now because no one's really using them. Mm -hmm. Family members again have their own lock chests and small safe things in their uh, rooms. So if they have anything really secure they want to keep for their own you know, privacy in person, it's either on them or in their own room. So. 
Uh, Do so, you know if there's anything in any of these lockboxes now? I think you mentioned there were like a couple of like parchments and yeah, stuff. Yeah, old parchments, random things that are of very little value at this point. Um, so, yeah, so I was just going to like... find a couple gold coins each, just random money and stuff that got lost or left or well, forgot to <laughs> finish delivering or whatever someone forgot to pick up. Any lockboxes that don't so have a This is key? what I was just going to say. Uh, so Ash is going to walk over um, and kind of pull on lockbox 19. And be like, this lockbox always like held my curiosity. We could never get it open as kids. The key isn't here. We haven't been able to find it anywhere in the house. And I have no idea what's in it. And he kind of like bangs on it just a little bit. And you can like... Here, there's like just something that moves around like just enough that you can tell there's something in it, but like you know can't make out if it's really size or whatever. And he's like, stupid nineteen. Uh, Drafton wants to do an investigation check on that. He wants to see if there's any. Uh... I don't know what I would look for first. My first thought is that you wouldn't allow guests to like enchant any of the lockboxes so there wouldn't really be a reason to look for an arcane uh like trap or anything uh, so yeah i guess just investigation for intelligence or... okay uh, uh, what, what are you trying to what's your purpose what are you investigating he just wants to like take a really hard look at the lockbox and see just look at it is you know like would the lock be pickable? Is the okay. lock fully engaged? Sure, sure. Or is the box in good condition? Yeah, I like that. Go for it. Uh, which, I guess, which skill is this going to fall I, I like under? intelligence. I think that makes sense. Okay. Uh, so that's a 17. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, so looking at the box... Looking at the lock, it doesn't look like it's quite as worn as some of the other boxes, so it doesn't look like it's been opened and shut nearly as much. Because it's been locked for a long time. <laughs> and looking inside the actual keyhole, you realize it looks like either something's broken off inside, or something's stuck inside. Something's obviously obscuring the path of a key. Well, it seems like even if you had the key, you wouldn't be able to use it. There's something in here. Oh, can you see that for sure? Because, like, that's what I thought was going on, but it's always so dark in here. I guess I have dark in yeah, here, so it's like... It's so, I, okay. Oh, is that really what's going on? Because I really thought that was the case, but it's so hard to tell because the lock is so small. I could never, like, really make out if that was the case. Yeah, I definitely can't see the... Tumblers or anything. Mm. I'm just going to use standard lock terminology because I don't know what else know, to use at this point. <laughs> uh, my check was going to be a 17 because you have no skills. I'm like, this is like 16, 17. I think 17 will be. Yeah. So, uh, all right, yeah, I'm assuming Ash has spent like a lot of time like looking, trying to get into it, whatever. And obviously you, you he has had no it. luck up till this point. You haven't like... You've messed with it, and it was kind of like you said, more of a thing growing up, it always yeah. bugged you, and coming back down, you're like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. This thing, I never did figure out what was inside there. So definitely, as when you were younger, you definitely messed with it a fair amount, but never, not not in recent history. Sure. Well, I guess he's gonna try another go at it if that's the case. Um, and he's gonna kind of mutter like, uh, "Well, I guess maybe he would know," and so. GM question. Okay. Does someone have like a master key to these lock boxes? He's thinking like, I always thought grandpa had a master key and he just wasn't giving it to us. Um, and maybe that's something he knows and maybe it's something he doesn't know. I mean, up to you. You're but... sure that there was some kind of backup manner to get into the okay. boxes. You're not sure what that was. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so he's gonna kind of mutter to himself as he like is gonna like try to go for it again, um, and uh, he's gonna try to use uh, I think just like dexterity. Um, you know, maybe he picks up like something small off the floor that he can like. You have a lot there. Do I have a, oh, I do have a lockpick. He's going to try to pick the lock with his lockpick. Um, yeah. So he's going to kind of mutter, like, I'm pretty sure Grandpa could get in here. I think he has a spare key, but he'd never <laughs> give it to me. That is going to be a 19 plus uh, 2 for dexterity, so a 21 with okay. my lockpick. And that's experience. Because that's a 19. You got your experience from the speed checker, right? Okay, okay I want to Excellent. Um, all right, so with, is it 21 ending? 21. So you first go in there with the kind of little, what you normally use to push up the tumblers, mm -hmm. and you just kind of dig in there and kind of try to pick at whatever it was that was in there. So you weren't actually trying to pick the lock quite yet, but you're slowly working something out and getting out and is that a piece of metal, maybe it was the end of a key at some point, something was kind of stuck right in the very back, which is probably why you never saw it before. Maybe Grefton was able to give me some extra advice on that with his small size, maybe able to see the lock. I was going to ask if the lock was big enough that Grefton could just like reach in. And <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Okay. Close, but you know, once you get past the wrist, you're like, oh, wow, so close. You can touch it with your fingertips. Um, so you kind of dig this little chunk of metal out that was obviously kind of stuck in the thing. It looks like maybe someone was trying to open it previously and it just was catching. It got shoved more and more in there. So knowing what was you know, kind of the problem, you go back and you slowly kind of you know, toothpicking out. So you have a clear lock and you sit there for a minute or two kind of just trying it, saying, okay, maybe that's working. Clicking here and there and Eventually, you do get the lock open. Yes! <laughs> oh my gosh! I have a bad feeling about this. Uh, wait, give me just a second. I forgot. It's going to be like a boggart or something. Griffin is definitely like on maybe box 18 or 20 or like one of the boxes that's right next to it. He's totally like on the wall right next to it just like getting ready to peer in as soon as possible because <laughs> he's real curious now since Ash has been trying to get into this thing for so long. Athena has also come over. She was examining the room as a whole, but she's come over as well because she's curious. Oh yes, Edwin and Aurelia are going to be so pissed! <laughs> <laughs> Can we say pissed? 
Yeah. Okay. Mm. We're PG thirteen ish. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as you finally get this lock picked, you kind of pull out or pull the box open as it kind of turns to the side. You see a small turtle shell inside. Can what I is it? roll for awareness? Sure. I don't have a magic. <laughs> can I just, after that, giving about it, can I just know what it is? <laughs> yeah. Great. It looks like a turtle shell from a swamp tortoise. Oh, okay. Griffin's going to look at Alex and go, You locked up a turtle? <laughs> I didn't put this in here. Uh, I was expecting something much more exciting after how many years this has been locked up. I'm going to roll an arcane check. Okay. I have dark magic and captromancy. I... Doesn't seem like either of those would help, except you never know when dark magic's going to come into play. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, what's the light in this, like, kind of like secret storage locker under the stairs? Fairly dim. There are torches that could be lit right now, and you're just kind of going off of light from the uh, oh, kitchen area the above here. Yeah. Um, so, low light, generally. Griffin, you're magical. Can you do anything about those torches? Uh, Griffin will most definitely do something about those torches <laughs> if the GM will allow it. He's sure. going to use his fireball to just light them because low light, not his preference. <laughs> All right, so he kind of like takes the tortoise shell, looks at it, kind of looks at the inside. Um, he's looking for anything magical about it. So I think um, Athena was also going to make an awareness check. I was going to do an awareness check, but then you told us what it was, so I'm kind of... All right, do awareness. Might as well still you? roll it. Uh, are you using fireball, or are you just going to go and like light the torch? Fireball is how Grifton knows how to create fire. He Don't also has fire magic, doesn't he? I with something like this, you could probably just. I mean, if My... you want to make a fire an arcane roll, uh. It'll be a low achievement, but there's always a chance of something funny happening. Oh, my gosh. thought is that he's not. I rolled a fifteen on my awareness like check. Trying to light them from across the room, he'll like scurry over to be next to each one, but then he'll probably just like shoot a small fireball. Okay, Near, then you can do that without. <laughs> then they are lit. Um, I rolled a fifteen. I feel like you are. I rolled a twelve. Can I? You did dark magic check, right? Yeah, I mean, general ma- I just did like a general magic check, but I have dark and capture magic, okay. so that's my like um, analysis. Looks like a turtle shell to you guys. Uh, not sure, maybe it was just locked for that long because something broke inside the lock, um, and no one really cared to come back for it. Uh, I'm gonna shake it. Poke I... it. Touch it. Lick it. Yeah, I'm doing all the things except the last one. Smell it. <laughs> I'll do that too. <laughs> so This is like, I feel like this is kind of Ash in his element of like, I just got something out of a box I picked, like, I'm in a dark chamber, underneath a, you know, old house. And in like, your basement. 
I mean, it's his basement, but like as an artifact hunter, he's like going through all of the things of like, okay, is there anything on this that makes it seem like it's more than just a turtle shell? He's skeptical of do, it being just a turtle shell. Do an intelligence check. Okay. Oh. That's probably not going to cut it. I don't think it's worth using my luck on this. It's a four. Four? Okay. Uh, like, huh. There is something specific about these kind of swamp turtles. Oh, well. Probably not that important. Oh, no. I put it in my pouch. Okay. Put the turtle shell in your pouch? Yes. Okay. Unless you wanted to look at it or Nope. Whatever. Okay. Well, never hurts to get it appraised. Unless this attracts monsters. But <laughs> I think if it did, you'd know that by now. It's been more basic. So, if these boxes aren't really used for anything um, anymore. He's going to equip it. Okay. <laughs> so, if these boxes aren't really used for anything anymore, what do you think of setting up half of them as traps, half of them as diversion rings, and then only one of them is the real ring? I'm still hesitant to house the ring here. I was willing to come look at this, but I'm still hesitant. Look at how quickly you got into that box. Yes, but I also already knew that it was here. Right. I and we also told people that we were coming here. When did we tell that we were coming here? Did I tell Mr. Harbin? You told Harbin that you were going, no, you were going to. I didn't tell him where. That's like, true. Okay. But Ash obviously like doesn't know who you told, right. so that's still a question. I haven't told anyone, but I'm assuming that someone's probably found out. Getting involved in such a high-profile item surely means that we were... Maybe not followed, but people were probably aware of us. I think that's probably true, but this is my home. So for me, I'm not convinced that just because we've come here means people are assuming we're here. Obviously, the ring's not even in town yet. We're not following anyone else except Harbin. So, my thought was this was only going to be a temporary spot anyway. Yeah, I would. I don't think I really want to keep it here forever either. Um, but I think I'll try to figure out how long my family's going to be gone on vacation because if we know no one's going to be here except Rook, I think that's a benefit for a short term. Um, but also, I, I think this kind of leads back to our conversation that we were having earlier, which I don't know if we really have solutions for yet, but, you know, false tracks and what do false tracks look like, and um, I think I would rather not lay a false track to my family's home, um, but I do think the false tracks are a good idea, but again, like, we just struggle with the fact that anywhere we put a false track, we're putting a target on someone's head that probably doesn't deserve it. Um, so... I think keeping this on the DL is probably a good plan. Um, but I think, I agree. I think that like long-term, this doesn't seem like the solution. Um, I think it's good to keep in mind for something that we may run into. Um, especially if we need something in the moment. This seems to me much safer than anywhere actually in Orana, 
um, except maybe the college. That seems like the only other place that's going to be. You know, the only thing I can think about is at the college, if we can hide it amongst other artifacts, like there's an advantage in if someone goes in looking for artifacts, they're going to find them. It's going to make it like not as easy to get to the one. I disagree with that to an extent because I feel like having more than one artifact in one place is just placing a bigger target on that place. And I think we can all agree that this ring is supposed to be extraordinary. It's not going to blend in anywhere. Well, Preston, you said that Maria already has experience with artifacts of this caliber. So From everything I know about this ring, yeah, Maria uh, at least knows enough to not let it get out of control. I mean, I think, I think the thing that for me is difficult is I agree that everything we've heard is this ring seems magnificent. I think obviously it's going to be very powerful. The way that the artifact dealer was talking about it makes me think even he thinks it's more powerful than usual. But the other thing that I know is every time a new artifact shows up, everybody thinks it's the next big thing. And so, until we actually can lay eyes on this artifact, I'm believing that, yeah, it probably does something, yeah, it probably has power, but it's going to be hard to say where, like, Maria studies these artifacts for her living. Is this going to be an entirely different caliber than what she already has, or is it going to be similar to what she has, or is it going to be not even close to what she has. The college like is, has employed her to specifically study things. And so I, I, I don't know that for me, I can make that call until seeing the actual object and knowing from that perspective. I would assume the college probably has more experience with housing artifacts, but the- The college hasn't even been built. How can they have experience doing anything? I know that the whole point of coming out here was to maybe find a different location for starting the artifact, but would it make sense to just leave it at the Merchant's Guild? I'm sure they have experience with protecting valuable items. No, I hate that place. I was going to say, I think there's some trust issues there, too. I think our best option is to get it out as quickly as it comes in. I think Harbin already said that he was planning on... Had plans to sell the ring to a different person. So to say, like, well, let's leave it there because we trust the people there. Like, we don't. Me, I don't. We've already burned that bridge. It's not about trusting Mr. Harmon. He's one person. We can handle him. But if they have the infrastructure, like vaults and stuff, to store it in and right. guards. But if the guards themselves aren't trustworthy, it's just going to get sold to somebody else. But we don't know that the guards even know that this ring is coming. That's... For our sake, let's assume they do. I would think that the guards at the Merchant Guild... They're tasked with protecting everything. They're not told what everything is. Yeah, but if their job is to protect what's in the Merchant's Guild, if a high-profile gift for the governor is coming in, you'd think that the people, well, I guess it is Harmon in charge, so maybe not, but would, like, let them know, hey, we have an important, valuable thing coming in, we really need to be on our A-game. At the mer mention of the merchant's guild, you hear an exaggerated cough and spit from above you. 
Rook, I Athena always knew I liked you. Face. Well, I think since we're here, uh, the only other thing that I kind of had in mind was maybe some of the outbuildings, um, but I don't think that they're going to be uh, more secure than this, but unless we're trying to like hide the thing more. Um, so maybe let's go take a look at that. I don't expect that to be a, a very um, truthful search, but since we're here, we might as well take a look. And he's going to kind of like snuff the torches. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Head back up the stairs, <laughs> shut the thing. Are there any other lockboxes that didn't open? I feel like we kind of played that. Yeah, you pretty much okay. walked through everything. Right. Um, so yeah, then it's gonna lead them back up out of the basement and kind of go through those outbuildings. I don't know if there's anything out there, but nothing of note. Have like some large again more large storage areas. There are some old um, like wagon cart things that used to be used to actually haul materials to and from. Um, couple of better condition than the others. Nothing really of note. Again, they they can be secured. Uh, they have a couple places for people to sleep inside, so if they, they have a paid guard or something for a certain shipment, uh, they can have personnel with the items. Uh, but they're not specifically in, in high security kind of location. They are within the fenced area. Um, and again, they, they can be secured, but... So it seems like, yeah, so really it seems like, again... The security here came from being manned more right. than any of the particular spots other than that gotcha. little lock chamber. Um, I think just kind of as they're walking around outside, uh, Ash just mentions like offhandedly like, and it's really too bad that we're here in the middle. What season is it? When, I think it's a winter season, It should season, be winter. Right? Or is turning into winter. Yeah. Late fall. Uh, I mean, May, I think May is a winter season because it goes spring, summer. No, it must go winter, spring, yeah, summer, it's winter. fall. And then so we winter. Just, we are three is, days from fall into winter. Yeah. Um, I would think the seasons must change pretty fast, though. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he just says. It's a shame that we're here in, in the middle of the winter. Really, the beginning of the spring is the best time to be out here when all of the plants are blooming and flowering and growing in new ways. Uh, and then oh, I go through the buildings. And I guess I back to town unless Rook says anything or whatever. All right. Okay. All right. Does Ash have any, like... I'm thinking like secret hidey hole uh, message translation, like between him and his siblings, where it was like, oh, his kids, we always used to like hide messages in this tree and the whatever, and uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, or like a loose floorboard or something. So, you and your siblings each hollowing out a portion of their headboard. Okay. That could be cool. like popped off, and you can stick small. Mess use like a maybe a six inch slot, maybe an inch wide. Okay. Uh, and you kind of like move the headboard off a little bit. You can stick things in and slide it back in. 
So. And protocol was like, if we had a message for someone, you would put it in their headboard? Yeah, you put it in the, you put okay. a message to the person in their headboard, yeah, and then when they go to sleep, it would be offset. Oh, so you And then be like, oh, wait, it. this is different. Okay, so. cool. Uh, then he's going to go check it. Let's make sure. Right. Okay. Uh, you don't find Should I roll with my luck? Okay. You know where it is. You know what to look yeah. for. There is nothing there. Okay. Uh, as you're leaving your room, though, where it goes, would you like to leave a message for anyone? Just stopping by to see old Rook. Rook just know that it has been a delight to see you. Of course, it always is. Do we leave? I think we leave. I think we leave. Hey friends, welcome back to DHHQ. It's me, Alex, your friendly neighborhood Ash player. This is the part of the show where I come out and show you my mad mad pogo skills. Time for the quadruple double front backflip. Oh wait, no, this is the part of the show where I come out and tell you stuff. Stuff like, thanks so much for listening. I've said this 35 times and I'll probably say it a thousand more, but we really seriously do appreciate that you take the time to listen to our show. You are awesome. Also, you might have noticed that this episode is longer than usual by about double. Well, when we first started the show, we were trying to keep episodes around 45 minutes to an hour. This seemed like a good manageable chunk for our team to actually push out in terms of editing, and it also felt like a pretty good length for things like commutes or lunch breaks for you. However, as we've gotten farther into Season 2, we've noticed a few things and received some specific feedback from listeners about the amount of content in each episode. Specifically, since the beginning of this season is more intrigue style with investigation and lots of dialogue, there are stretches of the show where there's a lot of talking and not as much action. One point of our listener feedback is that we got is that sometimes this makes it feel like not much is happening in a specific episode. So we took that feedback, thought through a couple of different ways that we could deal with it. We thought about, you know, just trying to edit more of the dialogue out, but ultimately we settled on longer episodes. Since these characters actually do keep secrets from each other, we felt like the character to character dialogue is kind of important for how the story ultimately develops. We didn't want to cut that out, but we also didn't want to have episodes that were just talking, so we came to the consensus that we think we can just give you longer episodes. We're going to try this for a while and see how it goes. This means more time in the story, more intrigue, and, you know, less of me just talking at you. Hey, also, don't forget to follow us over on our social media where you can get notified when a new episode comes out. Especially if you're on the Twitter, go ahead and give us a follow as we've been really trying to funnel some energy that way. Whatever your platform of choice, though, we would love to know what you think about this longer episode format. Tweet at us, bark at us, DM at us, or, you know, do whatever the kids are doing these days to let us know what you think. Seriously, we really value your feedback. And now it's time for Backstories with Alex, the part of the show where Alex comes out and gives us a backstory. Thus, I have put on my storytelling voice. This is the story of Bean the Snake, part one. There once was a long yellow snake that lived at the edge of a verdant green wood. In the morning, as the orange sun rose, he would slither and scoot from his home in the brown dirt to the top of a tall grey rock. The rock sat just on the boundary between the woods and a neighbouring field. Bean the snake would take breaks from his time on the rock to hunt for his lunch or grab a snack or run various other errands, of course, but most of the time being laid out up on the top of the rock soaking up the warm golden sunshine. Bean liked his rock for two important reasons. First, the rock rose high into the air and had a nice flat top. 
Bean could stretch himself out and get all the sun he needed unimpeded by the leafy trees in the field. Secondly, from his high vantage point, Bean could observe the many goings-on of both the forest and the meadow below, and for many years this was his life. Each morning he woke up and slithered to the top of his rock, and each evening he slithered back down to his home in the dirt. He never bothered anyone, nor was particularly bothered by anyone. He sat, watched, and generally enjoyed his life. One particular morning, Bean woke up, scooted out of his hole, and was pleased to note that there was not a cloud to be seen. This is going to be a good day, thought Bean to himself, and he started his morning slither to the top of the rock. He felt the dirt on his stomach and smelled the earthy smell of nature in the morning, and the day seemed to be starting off like most other days. But of course, if it really was like every other day, we would have hardly a story at all. As Bean crested the rock, he spotted something unusual. There, on top of the rock, in Bean's usual spot, sat a tiny fey girl. And, as anyone who has had dealings with the fey knows, they quite like their mischief. And that's all that we've got for DHHQ today. Now back to the show. You all have discussed, you know, again, a little bit of the options there. And, you know, it could work if we're just trying to get out of the city to transport it somewhere, maybe. You know, I think at this point, kind of agree that probably not the most secure location, but as a somewhat unknown out-of-the-way location, it could work. You know, again, short-term, probably, probably not long-term storage. Would you all roll an awareness check? I'll just go on the record as saying, Grefton likes it for the idea of, if there's no one out of the rope there, we can just set up a bunch of booby traps. <laughs> what a... He doesn't where want are to... we that we're rolling an awareness you check? Are, are we back to town? Are we in you the are getting to the edge of the swamp. Okay. Getting close to kind of where that, that northern edge of kind of the foothills in the mountains, kind of meet the edge of the swamp coming back to town. I rolled a five. Five. So I should know a lot about this, I'm telling my dice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Got a four. Okay. Uh, what time of day is it? Uh. I got a ten. Well, midday. Okay. Midday coming past lunch. I guess it would be early afternoon, maybe, at the earliest. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming we ate lunch there or whatever. Okay. And sorry, Grefton? Got a four. Four. Okay, so we four are five, all ten. blissfully unaware. Okay. We must be chatting about something awesome. So, as or you are. Disagreeing about the college as being a viable storage spot. As you are coming up. So, let me ask how are you guys walking? Is Grefton on the ground? Is he on someone's shoulder? Who's in front? Who's in back? Where is everyone? I would think because I'm having a conversation, I'm probably walking alongside Mm -hmm. Ash. That seems like that makes sense. I'd say Ash is probably, like, leading the way back through the swamp, but I don't know that it necessarily puts him, like... Directing, if nothing else. Swamp. Uh, I think Griffin's kind of in line as well, kind of following Ash's lead. So, as you're all kind of discussing things, Ash suddenly just stops and kind of motions to each of you to stop and you kind of like, what's going on? Ash, you're not entirely sure what it is, but 
something in the road ahead of you seems off. Mm-mm. You've gone through here plenty of times, and, like, something just wrong. Uh, Ash is going to put his finger to his lips, and... Is it, so is it oh, like... I thought you were going to do one of these. <laughs> to test for wind direction? Yep. I think uh, link uh, your finger and then holding up to indicate testing for wind. <laughs> he... Yeah, so he's going to like hold his finger up to his lips in like a shushing motion. That makes it sound like shush, but it's just like, you know, be quiet, whatever. Um... So is there, like, a specific, like, thing for him to, like, walk forward and examine? Um, he has an ability that is phantom footsteps, so he can walk silently at will. Oh. Um, and so he wants to, um, like, kind of sneak up to whatever. If there is something specific that seems like this is something I want to check out, if not, he's going to try to go, like, kind of off the road, around through the swamp to kind of see, like, so can I get a different vantage point out, like, what's going there on There isn't here? a specific object, but as you get to the edge of the swamp where it kind of begins to clear out into the open space to the city, yeah, you're just, like, something, the train, the landmarks, something here is off. So you know something at the edge of the path into the clearing just doesn't look right. Okay, then what he wants to do is, instead of just, like, walking through, like, we're on a path, so, like, mm-hmm. instead of just, like, yeah. walking on that path through the, because we're kind of, like, at the threshold. Yeah. Um, and so, instead of just, like, walking through this threshold, he's going to take, like, a wide swath around it and see if he can get, like, a better uh, look at the, you know, like, from the opposite direction from the in from the clearing looking in or whatever. Sure. Did you indicate so, to us not to follow you? Yeah, I was just about to say that. Okay. So he, like, kind of shushed you guys. He kind of, like... Looked a little bit closer, got that, like, there's not something, but we got a weird vibe. Um, and so he, so yeah, he's like, kind of got a weird vibe. And so he, like, continues to, like, put his finger up to his lips. And then he, like, points at, like, the two of them. And then, like, points at where they're standing and, like, kind of gives, like, a hand up that's, like, give me a high five. No, not really. Uh, but he's like, no, like, you know, like, Hands on the, or finger under the chin, like, makes don't a lot do of it. negative stay there, hand whatever. motions. And then, like, thumbs up, like, got it? Can we all do it with advantage because we've been working together for two full days? You can do it normal, but <laughs> okay. it's not going to be exactly difficult. Okay. 15. Uh, I have a 19. Okay. Five. Uh, this is uh, accurate. Does my 19 make up for his eye? <laughs> Grafton, you get the general idea of it. He wants you to stay where you are and oh wait for him. Oh my gosh, he had such a low something. threshold and you barely passed um, it. <laughs> but combined, you're all like, okay, I think I get what's going on. The two of you are pretty much like, okay, something's up. You know, heat up a little more. You're not aware enough to know what's wrong, but you're... You get that, okay, you know, this is this is not uncommon yep. to you. So, yeah, it seems like as a tactician, Athena yeah. should like, be okay, like, I get oh, something's we get what's up, going on. Something's yeah. ahead of us, I'm, you know, be alert. Grafton's like, we're stopping, you don't want us to go anywhere. Got okay. it. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, so he's got... He's going to use that walking silently, walk through the swamp, kind of like take that wide berth around, and then just see, like, you know, as he's coming around from the side, does it seem like there's a weird illusion? As he gets kind of out to that clearing or whatever, um, you know, why does it seem so weird? Okay, so we're heading west, um, but we kind of are coming up on this path uh, towards the outside, and... Um, towards the end of the swamp and into the, the foothills and the grassy area and whatever. And so um, Ash is going to go up and off to the right um, and kind of uh, head through the swamp, um, coming around kind of a tree um, and keeping an eye towards that, again, that threshold between kind of where the swamp uh, trees kind of end off and it opens into more like that grassy field area. Um, looking at kind of that just that whole area where he's like i'm just getting a really weird vibe from this my danger approaches senses are tingling and um i feel like i want to check this out and not just walk straight through it ash hmm. all right ash as you circle around to the north and using your silent walking ability you come around a tree just on the edge of the path into the clearing, uh, into the field going back towards the city, and you see a cloaked figure pressing himself up against the trunk of this tree, kind of looking back towards the other two down the path. He is not aware that you've walked up behind him. You also see, on the opposite side of the clearing, another subject doing the same. Cloaked figure, pressed up against the tree, looking into the path. Um, how big is the trunk of this tree? Like, can I step back and not be able to be seen by this guy who's right here? Yeah, it... Okay, then I'll tell you what... Kind three of like, foot-ish okay. across. They're fairly old, yeah. but they're also not like super tall trees in this... Why don't you sure. kind of spray out a little more? Um, so this is kind of what uh, Ash wants to do. Is he wants to take a step back where he's not going to be like, or I don't know where he really sees this, but he wants to kind of put the trunk of the tree in between the two of them. Mm -hmm. um, and then he's going to look back at Grefton and Athena. Um, can they see him from where he's at? Uh, they could see him. Are we aware? I'll say, because they knew that you were walking off, well, I'll ask you that. Athena, as a tactician, you know that something's up. He made it clear that he's going to go checking out. Would you continue to watch him to see what happens, or would you try not to watch him to avoid attention? Oh, I would watch him to see what happens right. while trying to also keep aware of my surroundings. Grafton, would you be watching him, or... Uh, I think after Grefton does his initial what's going on look around, he'll probably just watch Ash. Okay. So they're both aware that you moved towards that tree and you kind of stopped as you were going around it and then stepped back to behind the tree where you can't see this person. So they don't know the other people are there. Right, but they but can they see, see that you stopped and kind of you know, took a half step back. Okay, so yeah, so as I take that step back, I'm going to turn towards them, mm -hmm. um, and seeing that they can see me, he's going to hold up, like, two fingers, 
and then he's gonna hold up like one and point to the tree and then like one and point like far uh and then he's gonna do like finger tree far uh and then he said uh he says using hand signals uh he gestures um he's gonna do like a five four three two one and as soon as he hits zero he's gonna take a step over and uh roll for initiative well does he get a surprise round he will okay uh i mean we can s- do you want us to roll now or do you Go want ahead us roll to roll initiative so we can get okay. i will say as order? soon as he gets to one i draw my sword I was like, Athena, you are fully aware of what he is saying. Cool. And his intention. Cool. Grafton, you are aware that he's telling you something is here and there, and starts counting down. So you're like, okay, there's something there, there's something there, and we're counting. I'm, re- I'm really glad you let that charisma check roll. Yep. I mean, 19 was a pretty good one. Oh, initiative. Initiative. This is plus awareness. Reflexes for or... reflexes. That seems right. Yeah. Uh, mine's a 16. Six. Captain, did you roll? Sorry. Yes, I got an 11. Okay. Ash, you do get a surprise round. Okay. I think as he's doing his countdown, he's going to step back this way. Um, so he's not right up next to him when he gets a uh, ranged attack off, okay. um, or if he needs to be over here. So he continues to yeah. move north away from the path. Right. Um, so he's going to try to get a ranged attack and then, you know, get this surprise attack off on this guy who's looking the other direction. Maybe hope, pull him back away and kind of separate the enemies now that we kind of have surprise on them instead of them having surprise on us. Okay. Um, so then he's just going to do a ranged attack. Um, yeah, he's just going to throw Shadow Shard, okay. which is his uh, knife. Cool. All right. Eyes right, so a hit. Woo! So you got to do your... Rangy Stabby! Rangy Stabby. I'm so excited. That's a four plus two for dexterity plus another two for my minor throw. It's gonna be a total of eight. All right. Where did I hit him? Ooh, Left arm. Sweet. Which makes sense. He's like looking at the tree, kind of peeking around no. it. Uh, all right. So that was a lot of damage to start off. Yeah, that's a pretty good roll. Ah, so... We don't even know if these people are bad. They were cloaked figures hiding behind the tree. Okay. Fair point. Well, you make that. You make a fair point. All right. Uh, I will let Athena, you can take a move action for the surprise round. And then we'll go into an issue. Because you were fully aware of what Ash was trying to get you to do. Did she do move or action? Or just move or action, or yeah. just move? Sorry. I... 
you generally understand that there is one up by that tree, there's one at this other tree. So as he starts counting right. down... I'm trying to make sure that I can right. get to the yeah. other one, because I've got a speed modifier of negative two. She's got 25. She's got it would be 20 and then 30. 5, 15, 20. Oh, sorry, yeah. The first but I have a negative seven. 2. Yeah, which means you can go 18. Right. Unless so you can no, round it 20. means I could go 16. Oh, because it's two uh, times. Yeah. yeah. Why do I have such horrible movement? Because you put your. That's in other places. Because you're a stand and fight kind right. of person, not a run and fight kind of person. Oh, you only get. A half a turn for a surprise round. I don't get to run? No. Because that Darn. is movement. Okay, I take the two diagonals. Do you have a uh, thing that you could do as action instead of movement? Not ranged. Okay. Ah, so you get movement. Uh, Grafton, if you want to move, I'll let you move a half movement. Or take a half an action. It's actually a half action. Because you get, like, okay, something's happening, but you're still not, like, fully. So, one thing, that, uh, one thing that I feel fairly confident that Griffin would like to do, and I don't know if this is one action or if this would have to be two, is uh, he definitely wants to trade out uh, the jibbling size glass pendant that he has equipped for the light healing pots that he has in his inventory. I'll let you do that. That's fine. Okay. Alright, so. You're planning on taking damage? <laughs> Grefman wants to be prepared. Last time was painful. Yeah, so, fair. Ash moves up to the north, sees these people, indicates to Grefman and Athena, hey, there's people up here. Athena gets the message. She starts moving south off the path towards the tree that Ash indicated. After Ash finishes his countdown, he throws his knife, dagger, Dagger, I guess. Yeah, it's a dagger. Known as Shadow Shard. And strikes the unaware uh, cloaked figure in the left arm. Obviously, this cloaked figure is startled by this, kind of recoils and grabs his arm and starts looking around, seeing Ash. Uh, he's Wait. obviously bewildered because he's like, I saw you over there. And then apparently I was paying attention and you stuck it behind me. At this, he screams out, and the subject on the south side, who will... If he runs away e, from me after all this, I'm going to be disappointed. He takes... 5, 10, towards the path, notices Athena has already left the path, and then comes down... 15. And engages with... Yeah, make sure. Hooray. Oh, correction. Wow, that was fast. When he turns, makes one step, and then he leaps. A leap Lunges attack. Towards. Ooh, and he gets a speed attack to Athena's chest. Do I get to roll the defensive? Next to Athena. No, you don't get the defense. On Not speed on speed. Attack. Yeah, you're right. What? Sorry. So now he'll be next to Athena as he lunges. Okay. Boo. Okay. You will still subtract your armor. Unless you have, I don't remember what your abilities are. That's why I was trying to decide if I... Well, that's why I was trying to determine oh. if I got a defensive role. Right. But I do not. Right. I have some 
fun abilities that we haven't played with yet. Okay. Mine did more or less come out at this point. I have one that I really hope doesn't come out. Uh, you take five damage minus whatever your AC is. I Where did I get hit? Chest. Dang it, I only have level one light armor there. So I take four damage. That's not too bad. Alright. That makes it... E? That, that was, was E. Oh, that was E. Alright. So, Jay takes its turn, and we go back to Ash. We don't have a Jay on the board. We don't know where he is or what he's doing. Dun, dun, uh, dun. Bam, bam, bam. That seemed like it worked pretty well. That was pretty loud. Uh, Not bad. Ash is going to kind of bend over to the ground, and where his shadow hits the ground, he's going to reach in and pull the dagger that is sticking in the person back out of the shadows and throw it at him again. That's intimidating. <laughs> is he scared of me yet? No, but he's more aware of you and you're saying defensive roll. Boo. Boo. So as you throw it the second time, he realizes, oh man, you're about to uh, throw this dagger at me again. Does not want that to happen. So... He also gets ducks. He kind of drops to a crouch, and you go right past his head. Oh, so you were hit would have been a mass, and he he dropped and it zooms past his head. He went prone. No, he was crouched. Okay. He tried to get low. We don't know where Jay is. Did it hit him when it ducked? When he ducked? <laughs> no. Okay. Ah, right, that brings us. Unless you want to move, that brings us to Griffin's turn. Um. Might as well, I guess. I'm going to move. I'm going to continue moving back. Okay. Grefton will use his... I guess Grefton can't actually see the person that Ash is engaged with, correct? Correct. Um, so I think as far as Grefton's aware at this point, he has seen Millie take damage. He has seen Ash retreating, um, but he's going to use, uh, Grow Hedge on that diagonal okay. and just blow past the guy that attacked Millie trying to, um, bind him, I guess, in the hedge is how we've established that. Okay. So, straight on the diagonal, so that's 5, so five 15, 15, 20, 20 uh, 30. 30. I believe that's as far as he can go. Okay. Yes. With an action, sure. So then, the hedge height is... Um... 12 on the d12, have to roll again to confirm. Uh, I, hedge is weird because it's really just for the height. And let's see. D12 rolls must confirm criticals. So, so 1 to 6 is failure, 7 to 12 is confirm critical. Okay. So, so it's a 50 50. 
Uh, before I forget, though, that 12 means that the hedge will be... Soto. Tall enough. Uh, eight and a half feet tall. Okay. And the second roll is an eight. Okay. So, that is so a confirmed. it's confirmed. And the... Um, whichever push pin that is has to roll a... If they want to, I guess, they get to roll a save against my arcane to see if they are bound or not. Yes, and they will. I missed your uh, path. Uh, just straight on that diagonal. He happened to be right. It'll be on one path. Um, so it's 5, 10, uh, 5, 15, 20, 30. Yep. Okay. No, no, I, yeah, I'm only one past. I'm still like right next to that square. Are you sure. here? I started there. Yes. Okay. So go ahead and roll for your arcane. Okay, and that'll be a d20 contest. <laughs> oh, uh, and that one. Oh! oh bummer. Damn it. Um, make sure there's nothing on the 20 since we're making sure to do that. No, there's nothing on the 20. And you can't use luck to re-roll in that okay, one. Okay, yep. No, make sure. Um, so I guess the last thing that... Well, I'm not out of attack range, I guess. So no attack of opportunity. Right? Since I didn't technically leave the engagement range. I think he gets it. Um, if nothing else, because you had a crit fail. On the... Uh... I mean, I had a crit success on the cast. The crit fail was on actually the arcane versus... Yeah. Right, well, so... The being bound is like a bonus. It's not really like a... I mean, well, I don't know. So, tier one, successful save prevents all damage or effect. Sure. So, the cast is good. You create the hedge, but the effect on him is that he is not bound. Right. Which in this case means you've moved three spaces through his attack area. Without binding him. Okay. So, I will say he does get an attack of opportunity. Okay. Uh, now, yours is, what, a half chance? Uh, reflex versus speed contest is how we've been doing it. Because the small size just says reflex check, but we didn't actually really define what that counted as. So, he has to make a reflex check versus your speed. Yes. Okay. Alright. Maybe that's what I was thinking of when we were rolling. Alright, yeah, so we'll do that. 19. You got a one. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah. Hard pass oh, from him. so you come flying through, and this hang is growing up, and because of like where you started growing the hang, he's definitely like, something's coming at me, I don't want it to hit me. So he kind of stumbles forward a little bit, avoiding it. Notices as you get closer, oh, that massive hank is following a small chipmunk. So he tries to take a swing at you as he's stepping forward, but he misses you and he kind of goes over your head and you're like, nope. <laughs> so, um, his sword will be in the hedge, but not, like, fully stuck. So he swung through as the hank comes up because he rolled in one. He went very quickly, but then was not really paying attention to what was going to be the consequence. So he swings back behind him, misses you, and then it kind of grows up around his sword. So that brings us to 
Yep. Yes, thank you. I am going to use my known weakness skill, okay. which allows me to roll a d12 plus intelligence mod um, opposition check against target. And if I win, I get advantage on the damage roll. Oh, that's awesome. It's kind of like a... Selective target kind sure. of ability. I mean, just a general advantage on a damage roll is great. All right. And making sure I'm rolling the d12. Okay. <laughs> I rolled a 12, nice. and my intelligence gives me a plus two. So I rolled a 14. Okay. Do I need to confirm? Uh, you can confirm it. Do I get it? Do I get a, No, it's a skill. No. It's not a. You, you can should get it. one experience for a 12 on a skill. We looked this up last time. Okay. You get one for an 18 or a 19 on a non-skill and two for a 20 on a non-skill. If an action is a d12 skill. or more, one point for per completion. So yeah. you also get an experience for that. Okay. And catch. so I'm assuming I got it, but I guess I don't know that. So you confirm it either way. No, I know. But, oh. I beat him. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I rolled an eight. Okay, so confirmed as well. Ooh. Extra triple advantage. So, I'm I have already pulled my rapier, so I'm slashing him with my sword. I guess it's more of a point. It's more of a stabby sword, isn't it? Well, so your action this round would be the known weakness, right? right? Okay. Which is advantage to my damage roll of hitting him. I misunderstand that because this is, if you succeed, gain advantage on damage rolls against targeting opponents. So, at so that's like a studied action. You get... So now as you fight him, so this turn you oh. use to study him. You know, I, I haven't know gotten to use is. this yet. Yeah. That okay. still seems it's, really good yeah. to get advantage on. So you, It's like Tariq's uh, studied target. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So essentially what happens is this guy like rushes out, sees you, takes a couple steps, and yeah. leaves. He, you then see that he dodges this, uh, you know, row of hedges quickly growing towards him. Comes back, still is able to come in the swing. You're starting to get like, okay, this guy's a quick fighter. He definitely, you know, relies on his acrobatics, his ability to move and dodge, um, as kind of his strong point. So you feel like in this small interaction between the three of you that, you know, he's he's probably. Um, I said a light fighting. You generally understand what he's going to be uh, weak against. And actually, um, uh, let me. Good against planes, bad against chipmunks. Okay, so because Grafton is within uh, an engaged distance. That is two people instead of three, based on your ability. Um, tactical advantage. You only need one additional ally engaged with the enemy to gain attacks of opportunity. So you do get an attack of opportunity on this turn. So I also get to hit him. Oh. You get to do an attack of opportunity because Grafton is nice. actively engaged. First roll was a six. On a oh, D6. Oh, attack nice. of opportunity. I need to, okay, and in the chest. Ooh. Okay. So, okay, so you can't get better than that. Guys. What? Yes, that was... Um, full body. 
on this turn, because you rolled a perfect, roll another d4 to add to your damage. Ooh. Wow. Only this turn. One. Okay. Oh. So, as Grefton runs by, he steps forward, kind of swings back towards him. You kind of take a second to study him, and like, perfect. His sword is back, he's totally open. You just thrust forward with your uh, rapier, and you square in the chest, and he kind of recoils back into the hedge a little bit. Uh, for uh, seven damage. Yep. Wait, did you add your proficiency with your rapier? Oh, no, yeah, was that any of your Oh, that was modifier? nothing. One-handed I have swords one-handed and... swords. And one-handed. One -handed. Oh so he my gets, goodness! Wait, that's because it's a major and because it's a Plenty specific. Ten. No. I thought because it was that specific, I got an extra bonus. Oh, that's... Sorry, I'm, I'm just bringing your plus one, plus two. So no, that's, that's a plus... Plus two, plus plus It's plus, plus two, plus plus one. So that's four. Because I added six. the plus two because so the major is already 13. plus two. So it's really plus four. Yeah, so that's 13 total. Yes. So you have one hand sword as a major and one hand as a minor? Yes. Yeah. Then yeah, that's plus six. So that's yes. 13. Plus my already seven. Plus dexterity. Mm -hmm. Does that count? Which there? is within the normal range. Yeah, my okay. dexterity is just an eight. I'm assuming yeah. your dexterity is what you're using on this weapon. For a rapier, I would hope so. Is that, yeah, medium one-handed. You could do either because it's medium, but I think one-handed, or that was your intent, because your strength was below average. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you stick him pretty good. Uh, he so. is still alive, obviously, but it definitely does some damage, yes. Oh, that's good. So, uh, at this... I thought my hit was good. <laughs> at this... I have some decent abilities. Oh, man. But I have to get into it before they're any help. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it seems like you're doing all right. At this? It's... Nope. Yes, you actually. I mean, it seems like these guys might only last one more round. Uh, that makes it E's turn. Think. No, uh, B didn't. B. So B gets to move. Um, B is going to move towards Ash. Excellent. Dang. And he is going to. Got right up next to me. I thought I was just going to be out of range. Uh, he is going to How slash you with his dagger. How actually move? Because you kind of put yourself off the edge of the board, but then... Yeah, I could, I could only move the one square off the edge of the board. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that you weren't like, well, this is as far back as I can go. Ooh! All right. Ooh! Rude. He also, you say speed attack. Rude. To the full body. Rude! Uh, Rude! All right, so full body doubles damage. Ooh. Yes, against it's chest, chest and, and legs. Alright. Uh, well, that is unfortunate, because he is doing a double strike. Well, you would roll... Oh, roll each, the second one. Each, so, each, I'm saying, so he gets another hit after wow, this. that might be really bad news. Well, he might get another hit. That's true, that's true. Okay, so the first one is... Might not need another hit. With the speed to the full body. Okay, so that is going to be... 
eight damage total. Oh, I think I'll And then we'll do a second one. Another speed attack to the left foot. Oh, wait. And that'll be another five. Okay. Okay. That makes it Jay's turn. And... E's turn. That was B. That, that is, yes. That makes it E's turn. Um, who is currently fighting Athena and Grafton. Who is currently fighting Athena and Grafton. Um, well, E... What is E going to do? Um, Contemplate his life choices, honestly. Um, uh, all right, he is going to try to um, attack Athena. He doesn't sound like he's really liking this idea, though. Well, I was thinking that I can have him try to flee, but with both of you there, he'd reincur attacks of opportunity. Which that went well and for him so well, far. He would only trigger an attack of opportunity from her. Not if he flee and fail. Because if you're doing a fleeing action, he if you fail your fleeing action, you trigger an attack of opportunity from anyone you're engaged with. If he's which would be not doing it. If he's not doing it, he yeah. He's not. Right. Alright. Uh strength attack to Athena's head. Dang, these guys Ooh. with their rolls. And that would be four. Head, I have two, level two light armor, so I only take two damage. Correct. Okay. Um, that brings us to Jay. Jay. Well, I guess continue with what I was doing with Jay. Um, so... Suddenly, in front of Ash, a about fifteen feet about fifteen feet in front of Ash, a figure comes up out of the ground, uh, not so much like Rook covering mud, but more just emerging from the ground, and he, the elemental magic is just a range attack, yeah, he hits. I thought we were doing all magic is. All magic's are of it? I don't... I think... No, you do a contest. Contested save. So, yeah. So, uh... Reflex for you for the save. Okay. Ooh, that's an attack, then. That's uh, Okay. Uh, 12. Okay. So, you do not save. Dang. Uh, so a shower of rocks comes spinning out from where he emerges. That doesn't seem like it's going to get me very clean. Uh, and it is going to do two damage. And it is elemental, so armor comes into effect. Where did it hit me? That's fine. Hey. Uh, okay, <laughs> that makes it Ash's turn. Uh... Yes. Okay, uh, he's going to disengage into the Shadow Realm, hopefully. Um, so, it is like mid-afternoon, there should be lots of shadows. 
Um, mine is a standard action to um, just do shadow walking. I think the way that we've done this in the past has been the first time I do it for a combat, um, we roll it, and then he can continue doing it for that combat if he wants to spend an action to try to get a higher roll. I don't know, but we said it just lasts for the combat. Yeah, um, we, yeah we've and done then that. He also has uh, shadow dancing, which is like kind of an upgraded version of shadow walking. So shadow walking is a standard action. Shadow dancing is a con uh, constant. Um, so when disengaging into the shadow realm, engaged enemies have to pass a reflex check right. to take an attack of opportunity when he does that. Sure. Um, so I'm going to make my d12 roll. Um, it's going to be a two. I'm going to spend my luck on that one. <laughs> Glad I didn't do it earlier. Well, we'll see. Okay, that's going to be a 10. It says plus arcane. Do I also add dark magic proficiency? Yeah, it'll be a dark okay, magic. Okay, so that's going to make it a 12 total. Okay. Alright, so you do successfully go into the uh, Chow Realm. They rolled a 12. On the D12, so they will get an attack of opportunity against you. Sad. Uh, only the person that is actively engaged, not the magic user. So that'll be another three. Two. What? I think no three. Right arm. Yeah, that's three, not two. Okay, <laughs> so Ash is in the shadow realm then, um, which is the way it's supposed to work. <laughs> um, and then, so he can just pretty much move. Oh, I got a, I can't remember how this works, but with a 12 total, on, do I get any bonus speed in the Shadow Realm, or is it just average? Oh, we did discuss that. I cannot remember off the top of my head what that is. I don't see any notes or anything, so. Okay. Uh, one and a half move. That works for me. That's what we use for. Um, so... He's at a negative two, so that's uh, 16, so it would be a 24. Um, so he's going to move in the Shadow Realm, 5, 15, 20, 25. Uh, so, so he's 30. Moved... Yeah, that would be 30. Oh, sorry, then he'll lose there. Um, so he's going to move uh, just back towards the path, uh, trying to meet back up with Athena and Grefton uh, as far as he can, about 25 feet. Okay, that brings us to Grefton's turn. Grefton will... Seeing that Athena seems to have this guy pretty well under control, Grefton wants to check on Ash, uh, so he will... It's going to be difficult. Continue... I think he'll continue with growing his hedge. Okay. Uh, so he... Uh, I want to keep... Yeah, I guess I'll keep doing that. Try and cut this guy off um, from the other guy even more. So, uh, that's there. So, 5, 10, 15, 20. As a note, because of the hedge, I will not let him take enough attack of opportunity as we disengage. Okay. Uh, so, Grefton heads uh, one where northwest uh, diagonally and then comes the rest of or most of the rest of his movement straight north essentially drawing a hedge all the way across the path 
and then takes one more square of northwesterly movement to try and get around the tree that is between him and seeing where at this point ash used to be <laughs> yep <laughs> Uh, Tina. Should I roll for that hedge, I guess? Like what size that one is. Um, I'll let you crit carry. Alright, Athena. Alright, I will do a feint, which okay. is to roll the body die Ooh. with advantage for the weakest armored area. Oh. Okay. Is that an auto hit? Or you still roll a hit and then you get the body die with advantage? That's fair. So, um... So it's a normal hit, and then she yeah. gets to roll the buying die twice. For the better one. So she has to hit, and then... Do I still get advantage okay. on my damage? Yes. Okay. So for this study enemy, you do. Cool. Uh, so you get a strength attack, so you will hit. I don't think nice. you have a strength that affects it, so you get a standard hit. Right foot. And left foot. Equal. Equal. Alright, so go ahead and do your damage. Three... Six, so it'll be six. Okay, plus all your modifiers. Plus six. Twelve. Ah, uh, so you are rocking that D six over there. So Grafton rightly assumes you have this taken care of, as you like draw your sword back from his chest. You essentially just like stab it down into his leg, um, and he's. He's down for the count. All right, that brings up my other ability. People, so I have battlefield dominance. When nice. I deal the last hit to an opponent, all allies may take one attack of opportunity against any opponent they can hit without moving, plus my charisma modifier to their damage. Dang. She's built for combat. I'm built for, for close things. combat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, That's so awesome. Charles, you can make a standard magic attack against Jay. Uh, you're in the Shadow Realm, so you cannot see either currently. Ash. I think it makes sense that I can't take this attack of opportunity. Yeah. yeah. I well, want to, you're aware I want to ask they, about that on my turn, you're but I don't aware think of I where they this. are, but you cannot... Yeah, I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter for this. It does, I'm not going to be able to get it. Grafton, you can see Jay if you'd like to make a standard, um, like, magic missile or throne action. <laughs> magic missile being a standard nature magic I use magic action. missile. Uh, reasonably. <laughs> over and over and over. <laughs> Can I see if Grefton recognizes this individual before he wants to attack? Sure. Yeah, you can do that as a reaction, just awareness. Seven. Seven. Uh, he sure looks. Very similar to a, a muggy, dirty, cloaked figure you've seen previously, yes. Uh, then I think... His cloak is dirty? Dirty. He, as in a, a he gets emerged from the mud. Well, and he, dirt. He ah, mud man. Well, he sees broken dirt around his yeah, feet when he emerged. Good. Yeah, I guess Griffin will. I was curious about that, yeah. but I... Well, uh, yeah, I guess Grafton will attack. Although, the phrasing of your medical dominance says that they have to be directly engaged? No. Uh, can no. Allies can make one attack of opportunity against an opponent they can hit without moving. Okay. 
So plus my charisma mod, which is two. But my, so my standard would be a nature magic attack though. So yeah. is that right. still an so arcane your, versus? Yeah, and you get your nature magic whenever. You get, no, and it's you whatever get attack two. you want to do. Well, and then it you would get be my a, a standard hit. So for right. him at this point, it would be either a standard throne action or basic magic action. So, so even like though, a, even though it's an attack of opportunity. No, yeah, it's, it's not, not an attack of opportunity. Oh, it is. Sorry, it is. sorry, 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 sorry. So how does that work for magic attacks, for arcane attacks? It's a weird attack of opportunity. Right. That's what I'm getting at. So it will be... The attack of opportunity, if it's an auto-hit, it should just do damage. Yeah, so it will be a single target 1d6 for whatever your primary magic is. Okay. I'm just wanting to make sure that, because it's still an arcane attack, there's not something else special. No, no it is is a standard, standard hit. Which in this case, basic magic missile kind of thing. So, not to be confused with magic missile trademark. Right. Three on the d6 means eight damage? That seems like about right. You got a good arcane stat and a nature proficiency. Well, it's plus, yeah, it's plus five for proficiency in arcane, so three plus five is eight. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, as you're running away from Athena and this poor soul behind the hedge, you hear a very unpleasant screaming in pain kind of sound, and you're like, yep, that was him. <laughs> uh, Can you give us an example? To quote uh, something, something, Isaac. Something along the lines of, ah! Thanks. <clears throat> So, uh, you feel confident in your decision to leave your teammate, and you say, you know what, I'm right hitting this guy too, because he looks like he's not paying attention. So, uh, what does your basic magic nature attack look like? How, how does that manifest itself for you? I pretty much just envision that it's like a little... Uh... So it, it has a slight green glow to it, but it looks kind of like a ball of uh, vines that mm -hmm. are just writhing and turning around, twisting and turning around each other, and it just launches through the air at them. And it's pretty cool. I like it. All right. Uh, yeah, you hit him square in the left hand. <laughs> Solid. Apparently. Uh, and that left side, uh, that was a different guy. Yeah, the other guy also got hit the left. I think you got hit the left, too. Uh, so you're running behind him, shoot this kind of thorny, mangled, brush mess thing at him, catch his hands. It's a tangleweed. A, a tumbleweed. A uh, and it... He's kind of like looking at his hand like, oh my gosh, like that hurt. It definitely like tore up his hand uh, significantly. Uh, he is evidently unhappy with what just occurred. <laughs> B's turn. That is B's turn. Uh, hearing Jay uh, cry out and E scream loudly as previously displayed, uh, and then his target disappearing, he's going to 
Run he's away! Gonna, run away! Uh, he's gonna turn around and start going back towards the path. This has been Season 2 of Keys to the Universe, a Dubious Histories podcast.